Welcome to Screen Talk, NewWire's weekly movie podcast, the first Can 2022 edition of two. I'm Eric Cohn, joined by Ann Thompson and sitting across from her at a reasonable hour at our Can apartment. Sometimes we've done this at like 2 a.m. after a few glasses of rosé and it gets a little funky, but we're more or less normal. Sober as a judge. <laughs> For now. But uh, I wasn't last night. <laughs> <laughs> we're a few days into the festival, exhausted and rushing all over the place as usual, which is kind of nice. It feels like normalcy on some level. Uh, but it's still early. When we got here, we're recording now, and it's Thursday. The festival started on Tuesday. So we're kind of in the middle of stuff. Some big things have happened, like Top Gun, for example. But a lot of the competition hasn't screened. So where do we want to go from here? Well, yesterday was definitely Tom Cruise Day. And I suffered through uh, his conversation um, with a very respectable French journalist, uh, Didier uh, Alouche, who's actually based in L.A., uh, but who does a lot of the red carpet reporting and and uh, he's he does moderating at the at the palais the press conferences he's very good, but he didn't get much out of Tom Cruise tight as a drum, and he's given the same interview for the last thirty years. Well, how often does Tom Cruise sit down and do these things? I mean, one one might expect that he's not going to give he, up a lot. In he context. he's in control. He's in control of his life. He's in control of his movies. He's in control of everything, and if, if anything, it makes him uncomfortable to be to be grilled for 45 minutes. He was actually a little bit anxious at the end. I can and imagine. Returning. That's a lot of time to sit yeah. there in front of all these people you don't know. I yeah, mean, but he got a lot of applause, you know, and of course, uh, Top Gun got an enormous amount of publicity out of Cannes. That was yeah. the point. Jets, fighter jets flew overhead. Yes, buzzing the, so the closet. And he did the photos with the crazy crowds who wait for hours in the he afternoon. He did a sun. lot of uh, signing, uh, you know, for people, autographs at the event and in front of the premiere on the red carpet. So he got the treatment that, you know, movie stars love the red carpet. Well, it's their was, most natural state in a way. I was surprised to hear that Anne Hathaway is going to be doing her first red carpet at Cannes. Uh, she's yeah, here for so. Armageddon We're going to come time. back into it. You know, yeah. this is the time to do it. So, I, you know, what's fascinating is we've talked about Top Gun already on the podcast, and yet we still lead with it because that's what a big deal it is to have it at Cannes after two years and getting Tom Cruise. That was their ace in the hole. Now everything else kind of can happen. And all the other things, the international Well, they needed so a big forth. movie star like him. Um, you know, the, the, the thing, I've been thinking about this a lot because it, 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 it feels like Ken is, is still a little fragile. Um, you know, the, the industry is, is, is struggling back. It's a fundamentally um, and fragile And we're industry. waiting to see what kind of real sales yeah. come out of the market. And everything is interlocked together. Yep. Last year was a strange festival and fun for us, yeah. but it was really about the official selection. There was no market it going on. It had to happen. The festival, yeah. had, there was so much money tied up in it and it's a government funded event and so forth. But this year you really feel like, well, first of all, the market is back. It wasn't really there last year. And so the global industry, with the exception maybe of China, is all here where you walk around on the streets at Cannes. And it's so mind blowing to think about how small the art house industry is in the US because here it's like the whole city is populated for a few weeks by people from all these different places and they're doing real business. There's thousands of film screenings in the market. That's but how many of them of are going to end up on in theaters? How many of them are going to yeah. end up on screening portals, you know? But we uh, see on, the buyers on, on the street. Streaming. We step out of our apartment and we see 
buyers the, coming from screens. But the world, you know, at the uh, jury press conference, um, uh, Jeff Nichols, the American director uh, on the jury, was was remind, rem remembering his days at, 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 as a Kodak intern at the American Pavilion, seeing a movie high up in the Palais when he was 21, and he promised to give that love to whatever he sees in, in the 21 films he's going to see in the next 10 days. But at the same time, you know, it feels, he, he, and, and Joaquin Trier uh, on the jury panel was also saying, you know, don't count out the film. It's not dead. It's not dead yet, but it's struggling. And so Top, Top Gun is incredibly important in terms of just doing well around the world. Well, you have Top Gun and you have and Elvis. And Elvis is the other movies. one. Elvis is going to be interesting because it's such an expensive movie. Mm -hmm. I'm, I mean, Good Warner scene. Brothers is giving it its all. Uh, and, and Austin Butler's star is sure to be launched. Uh, as Elvis, but uh, and I can't wait to talk to Baz Luhrmann, but and find out what he had in mind uh, when he put this together and the music. Uh, but I really don't know if that movie is going to be commercial. It's so I mean, expensive. Yeah, it, and the thing that's a challenge about going to Cannes is that you you could really go either way. You know, something like Rocket Man was a huge deal here, but it's not like it won Best Picture. It's not like it was the top movie of the year, and it, it just it did well at Cannes. But you just don't know how long that's going to spread out because if you have a star, if you have a good hook, you're probably going to have a good show at Cannes. So it is valuable for studios if they have something that's a crowd pleaser to put it here. It just doesn't necessarily translate into a giant sized hit. So th that'll be fascinating to watch. But I have to say, this is my 15th Cannes. So my first Cannes was 2007, which was the year that four months, three weeks, two days won the Palme d'Or, No Country for Old Men was here. It was just a really good year. And what was fascinating to me was that, with the exception of maybe that Coen Brothers movie or whatever, maybe Zodiac, I think, was there, um, it was mostly challenging art house films. And it was so mind blowing to me that there was an industry for that much bigger than the one I had. But at they've home. always had Hollywood films here. I mean, that, the, they, but, they've shown the Pixar movies. Yes, and but the that bulk of these films. with uh, animated films. Yeah, but at the point I want to make is the bulk of these films are always going to face a struggle at the marketplace because a lot of them are challenging films. Like, I can't wait to see RMN from Christian Mungie, who directed Four Months Review Two Days. I don't expect that to be an easy sell. The buyers I talked to are not saying that's what well, IFC bought that one, so more props to them. But some of these others, you know, a New Jersey Skolomowski movie, let's say. So this morning I started out at the... Um Fortnite, which actually has a lot of interesting films in it. I, yeah, Ken Zen has been I'm very well interested programmed. In I have recorded on this because the, the artistic director has been pushed out, so this is his last it's, year. No, he, he, he did well. So I saw uh, this morning um, God's Country, which um, is bleak. Yes. <laughs> beautifully shot, beautifully shot uh, off the Irish coast with an extraordinary uh, performance by Emily Watson and Paul Mescal, a mother-son uh, drama if there ever was one. Um, I, I was impressed with it, I, but you're right. What's the market for that? You know, it's 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 going to be tough. Yeah, but you I mean, know, look at all the different territories A24, here. Another A24, you know. Right, A24 um, has a lot of, the, lot of the, small the harder movies for them. Films. Yeah, they also have a film director's Fortnite called Funny Pages, which I really enjoyed. I would love to know what you think about it because it is a dark, cringe comedy about underground comics and, and stuff like that, and the Safties produced it. But the director's this guy, Owen Klein, who played the younger brother in The Squid and the Whale. And this is his first feature as a director. You would not have thought, seeing that movie, that, that, that this guy would make 
this really demented movie. But it's good. It's very. I really enjoyed it, and I don't know what the market is for for it. But if you're gonna launch a ch- film like that where you don't know, but you think it's gonna play well somewhere, play it. It can't because that's a good audience for cinema for just yeah, good well, of filming. course you're gonna. It's the friendliest audience there is, right. and then there's. Ersatja um, and Regard, uh, I saw Rodeo uh, from Lola Quiveron. So these are these are up and coming women filmmakers uh, behind God's Country and uh, Rodeo. And this one is less formal, less beautiful, much more of a scruffy, uh, you know, camera on the run, uh, shooting motorbikes uh, with a tough, tough female lead. It's intense. Um, yeah. it, it was it was uh, it was grim. Yeah, it was grim, but really good filmmaking. I thought I watched that and I thought this, I mean, look, it's really hard to shoot action on a motorcycle, especially in a movie that's not really an action movie. It's more of a drama of sorts, a thriller in yeah, a way. Yeah, uh, so it's that, a kitchen uh, drink. Yeah. It's a, a kitchen sink drama, Yeah, yeah. basically. Um, um, there's another film that we both saw that's also a first-time director in Critics Week called After Sun. Yes. We're singling out Char, Char, uh, Charlotte Another Wells. Paul Mescal movie. Yes, Paul Mescal playing the father of a... A younger, uh, uh, I guess she's twelve or thirteen, something like that. Young, young woman, but but really, we're in her memories of this this time that she spent with her father. Just vacation. Yeah, and visually, it's it, this from a plot standpoint, nothing special, obviously. But it's slow. Visually, it's so you watch it and you and I met the filmmaker briefly at the A twenty four party, and you could tell this is a the kind of star filmmaker you want to follow. There's a visual uh, confidence to the way that this movie is assembled that is singular. I felt that way when I saw the films produced by Barry Jenkins and his team when I saw Medicine for Melancholy, you know, Moonlight came a few years later. It's that kind of a conference. But it's more of an introduction of a talent than a movie that everybody's going to be talking about. Not a commercial. About. No, no. But there could be distributors who say, I want to get in business with this right. filmmaker. So there are other ways to measure they success. They won't pay much for it, let's put it that way. I'm being I'm being hideously market-driven. In well, you got to find the balance. But, but, the, but if, if I love a movie, I'm going to say so. Um, yep. You know, and, and and the one I love is is still coming up. Uh, it's going to debut on Friday, and I'll just say I hope the people who are listening keep an eye out for Corsage, yeah. which is a it features a performance by Vicky Creeps, which uh, who you may remember from Phantom Thread, and she's just extraordinary. It's a it's a royal drama. And she was also period. here last year in the Mia Hansen Love film. So of course she's starting Bergen to find Island. her uh, her yeah. can her can foundation of there's certain film like, actors who just like once they hit their stride they're always here like Leia Seydoux is in two films here the David Cronenberg film and in a Mia Hansen love film which is in director's fortnight could not be more different the Mia Hansen love film is a, a drama about a young woman kind of at a pivotal turning point in her life a single mother and the David Cronenberg movie is just like a bonkers uh dystopian futuristic thing it also has Kristen Stewart who will get to walk the red carpet as she loves to do at this festival for a totally bonkers auteur movie that Neon is releasing. So there are there are certain films here where it's like, is the movie going to play well or not? Who knows? But it's going to play and it's going to get the stars there and it's going to make an impact and it's the best possible result they could ask for. And so. we're also not complaining because, uh, of course, some of our um, distribution friends uh, are, are generous enough to invite us to a dinner or two. We dropped by... Uh, the focus features. <laughs> Dropped by is a funny way of putting it. We, we grabbed an Uber we after not being able to find a connection to, for a while. Uh, we schlepped out to... Uh, Maison de Bacon. <laughs> so that was that was pretty interesting. That was beautiful. It was sunset. We were looking 
out over the bay. Um, it was early it enough was, in the festival where I felt like we could get away with that. Honestly, anything that takes a car to get to time. You, yeah. later in the festival, it's impossible. But but and it was, was near nice. the Hotel du Cap, not not all the way. And it was in in Antibes, and uh, the sunset was splendid. And basically, what it was, you you posted a nice picture on um, your picture came out better than mine. <laughs> you were you were trying. I, I did the it, contrast it, with the background. <laughs> it's like when the blue it was sky. The most beautiful blue. So so James Gray, who is a Cannes regular, I think he's been here five times. Um, they love him here much more than they I do love in the U.S. His personal <laughs> film. So I'm really looking forward to Armageddon Time, which is screening tonight, uh, Thursday night. So uh, this was the pre. Uh, screening party and he was very sweet telling everybody this is you know it was it was it was Peter Kajowski the CEO of Focus and, yeah uh, said this is your last uh, moment where this movie is still yours right well and it was the kind of thing where until the until it was announced in the can lineup it was a almost like an abstraction you know like the there, there was a cast announcement for this movie like pre-pandemic that had like Kate Blanchett and Oscar Isaac and stuff some people still think they're in the movie. It's actually a totally different cast. It's like Jeremy Strong and Anne Hathaway and Anthony Hopkins. So it's been a long time coming and all of a sudden they got into Cannes and they had to rush to finish it. So it really is this sort of thing where I don't think anyone was totally ready for this accelerated timeline. We, As we are recording, we haven't seen it yet, so we don't know was it worth it. But that's such a Cannes thing too, that to keep the studio, the, the studios don't necessarily need Cannes for a lot of stuff of that level, unless it's like, a filmmaker who does well. James Gray has just done well at Cannes. And in a commercial context, he's a harder sell. He's totally. always been. I mean, totally. Ad Astra, it's amazing that movie even exists, honestly. <laughs> this sounds like it was a little cheaper to make. No, but it's I all mean, kind of relative. I don't think he I don't think he's registered a, a bona fide hit in his entire career. No. Um, but but he's made some but movies that are quite I love the arts. Yeah, I love arts. two lovers. Two lovers is amazing. I think We Own the Night has some really interesting Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. You know, um, he's a very European mixed filmmaker. Mixed on the immigrants. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a challenging one for him here. And I but, mixed on on the uh, the Lost City of Z, which just felt very uh, attenuated. But um, but he shot it on film, like oh a true warrior of cinema. I mean, that's the, that's that purest attitude. I actually right? enjoyed Ad Astra, you know, uh, but it's it's a it's a question. He 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 doesn't. There's certain filmmakers who aren't, and Jeff Nichols is sort of like this too. Um, they're not tuned into a commercial sensibility. No. You talk to Nichols. He's got some things. I in ran the into fire. Jeff Nichols at, at the opening dinner, and uh, he said that he he hasn't directed a movie. I, I you know I know Loving was a recent film. It turns out it's actually from 2016. So That's how long ago it is. Years. Yeah. So he has done some. Well, written he has, some tr he has trouble stuff, getting you know arrested. He has, he, has, he has a film that he's going to shoot in the fall. That's um, adapted from a uh, photography book from the '60s, actually, from New Regency. So that's really exciting. People like that are sort of like they get this chance to go to Cannes for like ten days and watch movies and from all over the world. And then he's going to go make something. I mean, for all we know, that influences what he wants to do or who he wants sure, to cast sure. or you know these sorts of things. So it's not just about choosing the best movie. It's about really getting a chance to make time to experience global film culture. That's one of the things that struck me talking to some of the people who are here who you would think of in the category of buyers. Yeah. There isn't that much to buy. And what it really is, is more like what it's like at Sundance. It's about talent scouting. 
It's yeah. about finding the exciting new directors and stars uh, to to put in your in your projects. If you work at Amazon, you want to know who's around. Yeah, yeah. So and Amazon also, Amazon and, and Netflix are functioning, especially on a very um, global level. Yeah, and, and they they're opening up new teams. offices in yep. places like Italy and Germany. There's yep. there's a lot of production hubs now. Yeah, you know, I said uh, I wrote in one of my columns a couple of weeks ago that Netflix could really, you know, really Netflix needs to double down in quality. Go to this festival and buy some movies or at least start working with some of the talent you discover here because it's a pipeline that ad directly addresses that concern. Even if it seems like it's, oh, it's too esoteric, it's art house or whatever. There's a lot of talented filmmakers who you no, can find. No, it really struck me that someone like Laj Lee, again, on, on the jury, uh, right. he was Les here Miserables. with Les Miserables, and, and it went on to win a prize, a jury prize, and it went on to get uh, nominated for the Oscar. It changed his entire life. And he yep. had come from just having made a, you know, a short and turning his, it into this feature. Yep. It was an extraordinary achievement. Yeah, so I'm in the process of putting together the pieces of a feature I do every year, which is the prediction of the Palme d'Or. And I want to remind people that I did predict Titane would win the Palme d'Or, and not everybody believed me, including maybe Ann Thompson. And I, I <laughs> predicted, uh, you know, that, that Ken Loach's I, Daniel Blake uh, would, 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 would win. Would win with George Miller's year. jury. And you were right, and that was a mistake on his part. It should have been Tony Irvin, <laughs> and I don't know what happened there. But it was it's about emotions. Eric thinks the critic, you know, if you look at the screen international critics grid, which is something we all do here, they have a lineup of people who put in their stars. They and, usually hate everything. And, and the thing is, it never matches up. They did. So oh, I was no. talking to the editor of Screen last yeah. night at dinner, yeah. and and he, he they did it. They actually measured how many how often, how often, it's often lined it lines up. up. Yeah. It doesn't. No, of course not. And and the thing is, it's arbitrary. Talking to the jurors is fascinating because. They're all really excited, but it's early. So like over the course of the festival, you don't really know what directions people are going to be pulled in. The year that Olivier Assis was on the jury in Tree of Life won, I heard that he went to multiple screenings. So, the, so there are certain filmmaker types who want to get really into the process. And then there are others who might just be sort of like spur of the moment. Oh, the last movie I saw, that's the best one. The, the year the class won, it was the last film that, that screened in competition. So you really don't know it, how it's going to go. It did strike sense. me that there are two Scandinavians on the jury. Yes. So and, you've got uh, Nomi Rapaz uh, from Sweden and you've got Joaquin Trier. But does that mean they want to They want to. I don't you know. know. But there's also Vincent there's Linden also as the president of the jury in a Claire Denis film and he just premiered in a Claire Denis film that, that played at Berlin. So you want to look at conflicts. I brought this up with Thierry Fromeau. He said, look, they all have one vote. So you could have somebody with a conflict of interest, but then they're going to have to like get everybody else on board anyway, right? So that you get split juries all the time. The year that Pedro Almodovar was on the jury and Will Smith or Pedro was the president and Will Smith was on the jury, apparently there was a lot of division that year. And so, you know, how do you resolve that? You just have to talk about it and eventually they vote. But the impact of the poem can be pretty extreme, even if it's not commercial in terms of its impact. Titane did not end up being a, a huge movie, but it's it's just so impactful for the filmmaker. Uh, and all of those awards can be indications. Drive My Car won, won a sure. screenplay and, and end up getting a screenplay Oscar nomination. So I guess Oscars are, are a question that some people will be uh, it's mostly about. a question of what some of the foreign language uh, submissions are going to wind up being. If they get prizes at the end of the festival and great reviews, it could happen. Yeah, but as, as we've seen, sometimes a foreign language film can also be bigger than that one international film category. So is there a film here 
that could also be well worst person in the world exactly uh, did and and drive my car both uh, right manage that fee. so as we go through i mean i honestly you know we're looking at a paper version of the schedule right now and it's like you know there are certain things that you know will be intriguing whether it's a new darden brothers movie or james gray or christian munju but then as you go through and you start looking at some of these names it's you know they there are certain things that you just don't know. Like, what what is the deal with the new Albert Serra film, Pacifiction? If you know his films, it's probably not going to be a hugely commercial thing. But, but so far, what let's, about the let's Coreda just, film? Let's talk. Or, well, Coreda, that one I'm looking forward to very much. Or or Saeed and that got Rustai, who's an Iranian filmmaker. A lot of broker. people said they're they're a big fan. Yeah, Broker, which got. I would say that I'm looking for at this moment. I'm looking along with Triangle of Sadness. Um, sure. The Ruben Ostland. I'm looking forward to to Broker uh, quite well, a bit. Well, let's not forget and the Cronenberg. Uh, we've had on our Sunday our can wish list for years the the Park Chan Wook film decision to leave finally making its way to Cannes. Right. Park Chan-wook's movies are usually kind of bonkers, but also often quite satisfying. So I'm, I'm also I'm looking forward to for The that. Silent Twins. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see how yeah. That another Focus Features film. Yeah. So, and, that, and that's in uncertain regard, but that, that can be a prize winner. But Uncertain Regard has some of the more interesting yep. films too. I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some competition films, obviously, and I don't try to see as many of them as you do. Yeah. But um, I'm not interested in as many of them as right. you are. I just love the industry associated with it, the idea of a competition that people actually get excited about. Well, Again, some. Like, <laughs> I, look, it doesn't mean that. I much. know some people put money down, not me. But I'd like to add some some drama to the equation. Hey, Lucas Daunt, we should also mention him. He's in competition at the age of 30. And then there's Kelly Reichard, finally right. in competition. Yeah, so the festival but actually But the early screenings of, of showing up, I didn't hear. It sounds like a small film. It's a Kelly Reichard movie. Yeah. You know you know what you're in for. I actually quite enjoyed it, but it's, you know, you kind of have to be on her wavelength to, to enjoy that sort of thing. So, but we, you never know how things are going to play and, and the way critics react to one thing can be different than the way that other parts of the industry react to something as well. So in any case, so we're here for a while and we'll see how the weekend progresses, but we're gonna do another edition of Screen Talk at the American Pavilion on Wednesday at 12.30. So that's always fun for us because we get to meet people and bicker in public. And uh, <laughs> we hope that if anybody's listening who is at Cannes, that they, that they make effort to come. And if you, if you need issue, if you have any issue getting in, to, to reach out to us. Because um, it is just like, I, I, what I love about the, being at any festival, but especially this festival, is that you know it's, it's your people. You know, like we're all, nobody really has to be at Cannes. You make an effort to be a part of this industry often because you want to be around other like-minded movie people. Of course. So that's the most gratifying thing. And... Hopefully we'll have a lot of dinners where we argue about more movies. I'm sure we're going to disagree on a lot of stuff this year. Just looking at the, the lay of the land here, the question is which movies. So, All right. All right, Anne. Until next week. Let's do this.